Welcome to Monkey Talk, brought to you by The Bull Monkeys Wrestling And you are shamelessly sideways live on Twitch right now. revolutionary moment in world history for my child so uh, well that's that's where we are everybody here it's we are thursday, it's thursday night live you are here with the bald monkeys it's monkey talk time we got christopher he's over there possibly i don't know i could be pointing the completely wrong way but i don't give a crap i'm the captain captain chuckles and tonight we have a very special guest. We've, as Christopher said earlier today, we've talked to wrestlers, we've talked to CEOs and, and owners of promotions. One of them also kind of did a little bit of commentary or has gotten into commentary lately. Uh, but now we have commentary extraordinaire, huh. as I said in one of my tweets. We have a creative genius who, who applies his knowledge uh, and 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 tr and his 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 grasp of wrestling to the world of sup. And if you don't know what sup is, you're a moron. Southern Underground oh, Pro. Man. Go go watch it on IWTV Live. You can get five days. You can use a, a a free trial action. That's one of them. I don't know if we have any other ones, but we don't care about that because we have Dylan Howes with us tonight, sir. Thank you for joining us. That was an intro, man. That was that was pretty. That was pretty good. You gassed me up pretty good. Gassed me up before the pending burial, no doubt. I I, <laughs> I try to get the hype train of of the of the intro to be at at least a level nine, maybe ten, and then we can just fall off the cliff from there. And then yeah, then it gets then it gets nasty and like personal and hateful as the show goes on. I got you. I feel you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's it's true 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 pro wrestling. You gotta you gotta yeah. insert uh, some sort of like uh, I don't know congeniality or kindness at the beginning before you come and club somebody in the back of the head. But I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Happy to be here with you guys. And uh, before I even get to the point where i feel questions i'm not i shouldn't say that i'm notorious for hijacking podcasts so i feel sorry for both of you but um uh right out of the gate two things i want to say one i want to thank you guys uh both for partnering with us and sponsoring us at southern underground pro but also at action wrestling uh the bald monkeys have been doing a great job you guys have been doing a great job covering um the independent wrestling scene the southeastern scene in general um beyond just that which is obviously where sort of my heart lies and i really seriously appreciate that you guys do that uh, because it's it's you know i mean we need people that are focused on the scene that are interested in what we're doing that are pumping things up that are gassing our guys up but are also presenting things in sort of unique ways and and, and um just on board and, and and you know team players to to try to 
develop this even more than it already is. So I really appreciate that. Second thing right out of the gate, I'm just going to say it right here before we start. Um, a couple of tough losses in independent wrestling this week. DK Meadows passed away. Yes. Jo- Josephus passed away. Yes. Uh, I, I didn't know either of them personally. Uh, Josephus was friends with a lot of people uh, that, that I'm friendly with or know as a, as a guy from in, in Tennessee now. Uh, DK Meadows was also friends with some people that I'm friends with. Um, uh, very different sort of career paths in, in terms of where they were in their career. But I just want to say peace to them, uh, uh, their, their families uh, uh, and their loved ones. Um, you hate to see uh, anybody um, anybody lose their life so young in both cases. DK's case, very young, but Josephus was also really young too. And uh, both were super talented. And I, I just, mm-hmm. um, I would feel weird if I didn't say anything about that as it's something that I've been, you know, kind of thinking about in the back of my head for the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And um, I'll, I'll steal something from uh, one of our network friends on Twitch, put, uh, push play the DJ and give your loved ones flowers now while they're around. You know, give them mm-hmm. give them those flowers. You know, make people aware of how much um, how much they mean to you, and uh, and how much those two that you just mentioned mean to wrestling in general. And you know, and and hopefully, you know, we don't have any more of those surprises this year. It's already been a few too many in the first couple of months of the year. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, uh, again, I don't, I neither one of them I knew very uh, really at all. I, I think I've been in the same room as Josephus maybe a couple of times, but um, the, you know, I, you, it's just, it's just, a, it's just an awful thing. And uh, mm-hmm. my heart goes out to, to all of them. And Josephus, especially just as kind of an aside, you know, being a Tennessee guy, he was part of an era of Tennessee independent wrestling that I think um, kind of gets understated. Uh, there was a big gap in time, similar to sort of Georgia uh, as well where, you know, for a long time, Georgia had a lot of really, really talented wrestlers, but there really wasn't a huge infrastructure in place for the dissemination of the independent wrestling product to places outside of people that were just going to any shows in Georgia. Well, something was very similar, you know, that that, that was similar in, in Tennessee as well. You know, obviously, I, I, I kind of have a vested interest here. I do work for IWTV. That is my actual employer. But the, the, the reality is one of the reasons I got involved with IWTV is because of um, years and years of super talented guys, particularly in the southeastern United States, but not just in the southeastern United States, who were just killing it, having these great matches, these great stories, these great feuds uh, on these shows. And they, you know, unless you just happen to stumble upon the right YouTube account, you'd never see it. You'd never know any mm-hmm. of it ever happened. And I, I wanted to, you know, do what I could to, to help, you know, help make sure that that kind of thing doesn't happen anymore, that we can document these great promotions, these great talents, et cetera, et cetera. And Josephus was a super big part of, you know, sort of the, I guess, the early 2000 teens um, independent wrestling scene in uh, particularly central Tennessee, a uh, big part of the USWO universe, which was, a, I think, one of the more kind of low-key influential independence in the southeast during that period it produced a, a lot of guys who've gone on to do um some big things in independent wrestling and you know the carnies uh john wayne murdoch and a uh, bunch of other people and I, I i i it would be weird for me also not to mention that i mean that maybe that some of that will tie into some of the questions as well but um you know josephus does have that sort of in there and he's he's kind of a in some ways, he is one of the guys that helped really build up 
the at the grassroots level that that infrastructure through training guys and working on those middle Tennessee shows right as some of those guys started to develop and get bigger and get out and do more things and get more eyes on their shows and so uh, there's a linkage there as well that I wanted to acknowledge. He actually has a interesting linkage to the bald monkeys as well. Uh, Chuck, I'll actually yeah. let you tell the story. <laughs> what what well when we first started out, we were we we had talked to Chris Bay, we had talked to Alan Angels, we had talked to Shaza McKenzie, and we were trying to find others to chat with that we thought were interesting. And of course, that was at the I would say midpoint of when NWA came back with the power stuff. And he was doing his, he, he was there as Josephus sometimes. And then he was there as the question mark. Yeah. And Chris and I thought it would be the most epic interview if we could interview the question mark. And I actually, I messaged him on Twitter and luckily as nice as he was, he got back to me and kind and, and was full, full gimmick. He was, he was <laughs> in the question mark character and like speaking you know broken kind of english because he didn't really speak english and like we we were at the point where we had sent him questions and everything and he was he was gonna get it we, we weren't gonna do it on camera but we were gonna do it more like a written interview and chris and i were throwing back how are we gonna do this like what should we do like and uh, unfortunately like stuff all the stuff in the world happened and you know he he had to do some other things so sure. it, it was the it, it was the most epic interview that never happened never happened and when i found out last night i think i was scrolling around twitter at like one one o'clock in the morning and i happened to see i think thunder rosa posted something and i have my alerts for her because she was on the show and i was like oh like I like completely shocked and I, I just couldn't believe it. And it was, it was, it was a sad ending to, to my night last night. And, and Dylan, just like you said, I mean, to him and, and DK, both their families, I mean, you just all the love out there and you can see the love for both of them on, on Twitter, on IWTV live. I think I was watching, uh, I don't know if it was action clash or, or paradigm earlier today. And, uh, they had a little intro video with with DK up there, and you you just you know, you just feel bad. It's 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 a it's sad. Very sad. Okay, we've done our part. We've took it, taken a moment for everyone. Now we need to get into what we're here for, which is I I guess cookies? questions. I guess questions and uh, oh, questions uh. and and cookies. Right? Like, those are the two things we're here for. Questions yeah. and cookies. And if you've seen our podcast before, you might recognize some of these questions. We try to kind of keep things conversational, but obviously, we had to change some things up tonight. So we're going to start out normal, but you're going to see some turns in the road that you've not seen before because Dylan's not a normal guy. I mean, he's just different. <laughs> That's You're not kidding. <laughs> That's, I, and, and I was just going to say, but he is a normal guy, Christopher. He's just not a wrestler. No. No. Uh, I've, I've got, we'll get I've got there. My own, I've got my own sets of problems. <laughs> but some pretty severe ones at that. But. We'll get there. <laughs> 
So let's just start at the beginning. Let's get to the very beginning where we start all our conversations and we want to know what a young Dylan was like. Uh, well, it I guess it depends on how young you're going. I mean, um, you know, growing up, growing up, uh, single digits. So so let's, let's, let's talk context here. Okay. So I'm 39 years old. And, um, when I was growing up, I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. I was born in Chattanooga, Tennessee, but we moved to Charleston when I was like seven or eight months old. So I was a baby. That's, that's, that's really where I grew up. And, um, as a kid, I was, I mean, as a younger kid, I think I was a, actually a pretty good kid. I, I, I like, uh, if you, if you look at like elementary school age, I wasn't getting, I wasn't in trouble very often. You know, I, like I might like, like maybe once a year I'd get like a slap on the wrist, uh, for something and, and have BIR for a day. You know what I mean? Like I was not, I was not one of these like routinely bad children at a young age. I was a wrestling fan from a very young age. In fact, some of my earliest memories are watching wrestling being like four or five years old. Um, of course, back then, you know, you still had, I'm old enough to uh, remember the TVs where you actually had to turn the knobs and you had the VHF and the UHF. And back then in the, in the mid eighties in Charleston, South Carolina, there were still some sort of random shows that you could pick up um, on the UHF station uh, wrestling related stuff that you could pick up on UHF station beyond just WWF. And, uh, at the time, what was technically still in WA or, or Jim Crockett promotions before WCW bought it in late 1988. Uh, so, you know, like we had, uh, Bill Watts, UWF around somewhat. We had a version of Florida TV that you could get sometimes. And you like, there was, this was, so I was super into that. I've always been super into that. I've been literally, I've been a wrestling fan my entire life for as long as I can remember. And that's always been maybe not the primary um, hobby, but close, close to it for almost my entire life until now it has become my job. But the, you know, uh, so that's always been back there. I mean, I played soccer when I was a kid, uh, really all the way through high school. Um, and I was super into music, uh, but that came a little bit later. As an elementary school age kid, though, I was a good kid, man. I did. I stayed out of trouble. Now, once I got into middle school, I became a career criminal, as one does. Um, you know, middle middle age kids, middle school age kids. I think even good middle school age kids are um, still kind of bad. <laughs> you know, I like 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 even like when you're like 11, 12, 13, and the hormones first start hitting. And you start to get like that taste of real independence. Also, for kids these days, and, and this is on Twitch, so most a lot of people we're talking to that will potentially see this are kids these days. The the um, you the context is really different. You know, like in that era, not only was there not cell phones, but like there really wasn't anything else when I was real young. So it's like Saturday morning, I'd get up, I'd watch my wrestling, maybe a couple cartoons. I'd get out of the house, I'd get on my bike, I'd ride away, and I'd be gone for maybe ten hours. You know, like the idea that I'm going to hang out my house and do anything other than maybe play video games, maybe was like, forget it. That's not going to happen. I'm, I'm going to, we're going to go throw the football down at the, the park or we're going to go, you know, when I got, again, when I got a little bit older, we're going to go do stuff we shouldn't do, which in my case was like, go hang out at the railroad tracks and throw rocks at trains or whatever. But like, this is, this is how it was back then. 
Um, it, and it's, I feel like it's a lot different now. You know, my, my, mm-hmm. my daughter is 18. She's an adult now, as crazy as that is for me to say. And even in, in her, you know, life cycle, and, and she's, like I said, she's an adult now, so she's not like super young anymore, but like how she was raised, like we raised her way different than, I, you know, and that's not a knock on my parents. It's just the culture was different. So I say I was a good kid and I, I believe that I was, but like, I look back and just because of how weird the culture was then, man, there's stuff I did that I would never, like nowadays I would be horrified if I found out that like an eight-year-old kid was like on top of the elementary school right by his house playing a game that him and his friends had christened suicide soccer where they took a soccer ball up there and kicked it around and just like prayed somebody didn't fall off the edge, which happened more than once, by the way. Um, like, like that, that, that like, I, I mean, I would lose my mind if that happened right now. You know what I mean? Like if I found out that like an eight year old was doing that. Yeah. This is, this is the beginning of what I mentioned on Twitter, where there's some similarities between our guest tonight and one of the people on your screen. So we'll we'll get there. I'm sure we'll share stories. Oh, that, you guys, that can... whole that whole bike riding thing. I mean, <laughs> sh- shit. I would I like if it was if it wasn't the summer. I mean, I would come home from school, do my work, and then I'd be gone. I would either be playing hockey or I'd be riding my bike somewhere. And like now, like my wife and and my kids see like I'd be like, oh yeah, I used to ride my bike over here, and they're like. This is a highway. Why are you riding your bike on a highway? Yeah. I was like, it's yeah. just it's just called blah 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 highway. I don't really deem it a highway. I was fine, and then I, as I'm driving, I'm like, shit, it really is kind of close. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it. There's so many examples of stuff like that. I mean, some stuff I won't even mention because I'm not sure the federal statute of limitations has expired. But there, there, yeah, like, close. you know, there were. <laughs> there were instances of road construction for what are now major thoroughfares where like me and my friends would go and like, you know, play around on bulldozers that had keys left in them. I mean, mean, no, this this is, this is really not wise uh, stuff to, to be doing. And again, I felt like I was a good kid for a lot of that period. Now, again, by middle school, forget it. And like, you know, high school, I was doing my own stuff. Like by the time I was in middle school, I was, super into music and like going to punk rock shows and stuff all the time uh it's even more so in high school i was like everything in high school and uh it just so the different dynamics were at play there but uh yeah as a young kid i i I think i think my parents would back me on this i think my parents i think mom and dad would back me on this i was i wasn't that bad in elementary school i was a pretty easy kid by the standards of a lot of a lot of kids now you mentioned that You've always been a wrestling fan, but yeah. everybody kind of remembers like the beginning of when they became a wrestling fan or some, let's just call it early years of being a wrestling fan. How, how did that happen? What, what stood out to you? So, so when I was real little, what I would do is, um, and when I mean real little, there's a, so I lived in basically two houses growing up. And the first house I lived in until a couple months into my first grade year. So I don't have a ton of memories there, but like, that's where I learned how to ride my bike. You know, that's what, so I have some memories in that house. And then the, the second house we moved into when I was in first grade and we were there until actually shortly after I graduated from high school. So basically almost all of my schooling was in that house. And, um, but I distinctly remember that first house, you know, uh, 
watching watching wrestling there. And what I would do then is at the time, I mean, I'm, you're talking like kindergarten age me, so we're th- we're talking like say eighty six, eighty uh, six ish. Um, I would watch wrestling shows on TV. Um, usually, uh, like I mean. 605 on Saturdays was like the time period that, you know, TBS was one of the few cable stations back then too. We only had in Charleston at the time, I think there was 26 channels on TV until I was maybe seven or eight years old. And uh, TBS was channel 12. I'll never forget it. Cause that's where wrestling, that's where, you know, you'd have your wrestling on Saturday. Not that you, you also had syndicated shows by then, but that was like the main go-to. And I would sit and I would count this is like, in some ways, this is one of my earliest wrestling memories, even though it's not a particular moment. But I think it shows sort of it, this. It, it's not surprising I got into commentary when you hear how nerdy this is. I, w- I would sit and I would take a little sheet, a little piece of paper, and I would tally the offensive moves of each wrestler in a match. Um, and back then, most of the matches were squash matches, right? And so, the, mm-hmm. like, I would just, like, there would be like a debate, like, at the time, I didn't know it was called or the, the parlance for it was schoolboy, but I would be like, is that really an offensive move? I mean, you can win with it, but it doesn't really hurt your opponent. So, like, I like my little, like, five- or six-year-old brain is, like, trying to analyze what qualifies as an offensive move in the context of a wrestling match. Does an Irish whip count? Well, an Irish whip is a turnbuckle. They I, Even then, again, not knowing what the word sell meant, but I could see that guys would sell it like it hurt. Whereas an Irish whip to the ropes, they whip right back off. Well, okay, so if it's in the ropes, it doesn't count. But if it's in the turnbuckle, it does. This is the kind of, like, super nerd behavior I was exhibiting as a kindergartner where I didn't even, like, so, and literally I was doing it tally style because I don't even know, I mean, I could probably count to, like, 20 or something. But, like, there's there's no way, like, I, I, I was so young, I couldn't, I really couldn't even count, like, in a meaningful sense, probably, right? Um, so, you know, I remember doing that when I was real little. And uh, I remember, you know, you know, the first wrestling show I ever went to was at the St. Andrews High School gym, which is the high school my father later worked at. Uh, and it was the main event was the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express. Uh, they went to a 60 minute draw. And oh, actually, Jim Cornette actually talks about this in the Midnight Express scrapbook uh, in on that show. Uh, the it, I guess technically it wasn't a draw. Uh, they were supposed to go to a 60 minute draw, but they had a guest timekeeper. The guest timekeeper was a local uh, from the high school who uh, I believe was the high school janitor that was still there when my dad would later teach at that school years later. Guy everybody called Shorty. And he was convinced that the Rock and Roll Express were going to win if they had more time. So he refused to ring the bell at 60 minutes. And they had, they had, they had a, they basically had to do a schmoz finish because of it. They had a rogue timekeeper. Uh, that, was the, that, that was the that was the first that was the first wrestling show I ever went to. Um, Amazing. But, you know, uh, so those are just like, those are just like a couple of my early memories. I mean, like I remember seeing footage of uh, the Kerry Von Erich uh, World Title victory over Ric Flair from Texas Stadium. Um, but I, I that could have been something I saw on like a world class syndicated program maybe a year later than when it actually happened. Because I believe that switch happened in '84, and I don't really have any memories from anything that young. I, I my my brain waves start kind of. I have some loose wrestling sort of stuff from '85 that kind of sticks with me from some that that just bits and pieces here and there. '86 is where it really takes off, and I start to have more vivid memories of, of wrestling stuff. And from I would say from really from '87 on, I have a pretty obsessive memory about it. The big turning point year for me, of course, was '89. 
because my dad's a, been a lifelong Terry Funk fan. That's when Terry Funk came into WCW slash the NWA. Mm-hmm. It's a year that is widely regarded as one of the best pro wrestling years ever for a wrestling company in the United States. And uh, at that time, by that time, here's the big hook. Um, my best friend's father growing up uh, worked security he was not a direct, it wasn't like he was working for Doug Dillinger. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't a W, he wasn't a WCW security guy, but he, he worked security for multiple venues in South Carolina. And, um, and it did at least once in Savannah, maybe I think actually more than once in Savannah. And so we would go, I would get to go to all, basically all WCW events from about, from the time they started running the McAllister Fieldhouse, and I'd have to look back at when that was, probably 88, may, may have been earlier. But from the time they started work, running the McAllister Fieldhouse, which is on the Citadel campus in Charleston, I, and, they, and at the time they were running very often there, I went to every WCW event that ran there and was there way early. In fact, technically the first ring I ever helped set up was a WCW ring. Uh, like, I mean, barely. I'm like helping stretch a canvas or something. But like, the, like as a child. Um, but uh, so that that you know, and that went on until they moved to the North Charleston Coliseum when that opened in '94. So for probably a six-year period, I went to every show there early, as well as the spot shows that they would do, which they were still doing at that time, even in places like Sumter, South Carolina. But but also. You know, we still go up to we go to Columbia, we go to Savannah sometimes, Florence every now and again. So I went to tons of shows, tons of shows in that period from say the time I was maybe seven ish to the thirteen. In in that stretch, I went to probably over a hundred WCW shows in the state of South Carolina and Georgia. Yeah, or, or, cl- or close to it, near dozens for sure. Just there with your notepad, tallying offensive moves at all yeah. these shows. So that 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 you know what that actually tape, tapered off a little bit by the time I got to be. Maybe yeah. you know, all joking aside, that's not that's frighteningly accurate. Like the 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 uh. Because by that point, um, so my first, again, I'm dating myself here, but, but years ago, there was actually two newspapers in South Carolina, in Charleston. They're, now it's the Post and Courier, but it used to be the News and Courier in the morning and the Evening Post at night. Well, um, my father and my uncle had routes on both. Um, mm. and, and during the summer months, I would do, um, at the time, my dad was paying his way through grad school on his way to become a teacher, which, you know, he'd go on to do. And now he's like an infamous wrestling Twitter personality, Papa Hales. But anyway, that's, a, that's neither here nor there. But the, the, uh, we, you know, that, that was sort of the, the, the trajectory um, for him. And that's why he was doing newspaper routes and things like that. And in the, in the afternoons, um, I would do in the mornings, I would do them with him during the summer months, but in the afternoons, I would, I would go and roll newspapers and, you know, these guys, uh, not my dad and my uncle, but many of the other people were like college students who didn't care or hung over and they, and they wanted to do as little work as possible. So they'd throw me like three or four bucks, you know, to roll like, 200 newspapers worth of stuff and i'd sit there it was like my first job was rolling newspapers at like seven or eight years old and the drop site was an eckerd uh which no longer there it's right if, if anybody ever goes to charleston south carolina it's right there at the foot of west ashley right before you go into downtown right before you cross the bridges right before that big holiday in there 
that's where the old drop site was, very centrally located place. It used to be an Eckerd uh, drugstore, old school drugstore with the fountains and the, the candy and all that stuff. And also every wrestling magazine known to man. And I, I would, <laughs> I would, I would roll newspapers, then get off my little ass, walk inside, get some candy, maybe some baseball cards if I was feeling it, and any new wrestling magazine. And during that era, not only did you have the after mags, which cycled like quarterly at Inside Wrestling, the wrestler, then they had their, I think I can't remember what the, I mean, obviously PWI is the most famous one, but there was a few others, the Weston mags really. And then you also had the George Napolitano magazines, who's like the other big photographer other than Bill Apter that a lot of people may, may remember from that period, which was like a totally separate set of magazines. I think New Wave Wrestling was one of them. And there, literally, I mean, there were 12 or 15 different wrestling magazines you could buy there. And um, they, the way they staggered them is because some would come out quarterly and some would come out, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. almost every week there was a new one. So like there, it wasn't like it'd be like, oh, man, I got to wait for next month to get them. No, no, no. Basically every week, sometimes twice a week, you might be able to find a new one in there. So I was stocking up then, and that, that was like the tool for analysis. And when I talk commentary now, one of the things I tell guys, like when people ask for feedback, when I'm talking to other people, pretending like I know what I'm doing, is I say you got to – uh, you know, you got to think with your, you know, there's two ways to call them. Uh, there's two ways to think about a wrestling match. One of them is, uh, particularly if you're not a wrestler, but I think even as a wrestler, this applies in many cases. One of them is the sort of the, the Dave Meltzer, the wrestling observer brain, right? Where you, where you think you know everything or you think you know everything and, and you're, you're, you're plugged in and you know what's going on backstage and blah, 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 blah. But when you're calling a wrestling match, you have to think with your PWI brain. You mm -hmm. have like, at, you don't necessarily have to think, like you're seven years old but you have to think with your pwi brain you have to you have to think of it through the framework and i always feel like i have a huge advantage relative to some people with commentary because of the number of wrestling magazines i read as a child <laughs> because that 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 really that that whole framework for viewing wrestling never really feel, uh, felt alien to me you know i think some people when they get quote smartened up i hate that phrase but like i think some people when they hit that point it's like, it's like they feel like they discovered the Rosetta Stone and now everything like, they, and that, that's really not necessary. You know, I think you can do both, you know, and like you can, it, it's, um, but yeah, this is a lot, this is a typical Dylan Hales podcast rant you guys are being subjected to. So, yeah, I, uh, I warned the chat we're, we're that we okay. are actually on question one still. Um, well, two, two, two. But you kind of answered question two. So it works out. So, because yeah, yeah. I'm done, and you guys could become best friends because I'm just tired of hearing the same life that you guys basically had. So, what I I delivered papers too. That was my first job. I had my paper route, and you know, rolling up papers, trying trying to be as far away from the stoop as possible, but just landing it at that perfect spot, right oh, yeah. right underneath the door, right underneath the door. You get that this perfect is... anyway. This is, the, I know, this, I, I know. Yes. this is the podcast now. It, this is it. It's true. It, it is. That, 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 that's okay, Christopher. You're, you're along for the ride, bro. I'm just I here. I do an hour on bagging technique if you like when it rains. This is, I, this is I, God. I, this is out the window. It's God. The format's oh, done. We're, format. we're, oh, we're out of here. Well, okay. So <laughs> all, all, all similarities aside, so you... We heard, <laughs> yeah, now you can't even read your shit, man. Come on. 
so we heard th there's a there's an analytical background there there's a a, a looking at a wrestling match at, as a fan but on a deeper level so how did you actually get into commentary like what what brought you to that front of the wrestling industry so um that's a great question uh for a lot for so i've been a super fan and i obviously for a long time and you know i started tape trading which i didn't even mention this i started tape trading when i was like 10 years old um in part because there were ads in those magazines and other places and you could you know what i so the, mm -hmm. I got plugged into that network very, very early. My dad was a high school yearbook teacher for a while, which meant I got AOL discs out the ass very early <laughs> on, which meant, which meant uh, um, and even before that, I had some internet access. So I was like plugged into that universe relatively early by the standards of a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I started to get some friends that were sort of like in and around the periphery of the wrestling business, um, you know, when I was still a teenager. And, um, I briefly considered doing stuff in, stuff in wrestling, but at that time I was so big into music. Like I, I was in bands that were like recording and like, you know, not anybody huge, but like that was, that was my life. Um, that was as much my life as, as wrestling was in a lot of ways, even though they were kind of dual obsessions. Uh, and um, so the idea of doing anything, you know, I briefly, I, I don't even like to talk about it because it's, it's, it implies that there's more meaning to it than there actually was. I briefly, trained to be a referee which basically meant somebody that was barely trained themselves bumped me a few times and like i was like eh, no nah, screw this um uh and, and you know that was i was like 17 or 18 when that happened and uh then you know uh i had a child very young and i was uh you know i was my ex-wife and i were taking care of a kid and i was working i, I worked at a bunch of different jobs worked at barnes and noble for over a decade um and was just sort of having a in that world my i split up with my ex-wife uh and i was obviously super big into wrestling this entire time uh big into tape trading big into the whole message board geek scene of which i still you know come out of and a lot of wrestlers come out of that too by the way don't let them fool you whole whole <laughs> lot of you um but uh I, I was I was super into that universe um, uh, like some you know and that, that was like the, whole, the entire time and then when I split with my ex um, which you know we're not, this isn't a romance podcast uh, or, or a, a breakup podcast but but it could you know, be it's, it's, it's amicable now no 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 bad feelings long term at all um, but when that happened uh, I ended up in a position and some so some things were happening and like I was getting more and more into wrestling and some things started to slow, so slowly sort of fall in my lap. Um, I got hooked up with the scenic city invitational and it was sort of a weird situation where I kind like I was being asked by everybody who was involved with SCI for my opinions on stuff, but I wasn't actually like making decisions it like, but it was very strange because they were all like quietly behind each other's backs being like, Hey man, what do you think about this? You know, <laughs> and 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 I'd be like, oh, I think it's a good idea. This that and the other thing, and and um, uh, eventually I got brought on to the SCI team officially. I, I kind of unofficially was in 2016. Uh, it was I may as well have been, but by the end of 2016, I was like a full 
full-blown helping creatively with that and doing some other stuff. And then when SUP was about to start in early 2017, uh, we were, I believe I was on a car ride with Righteous Jesse and I don't even remember who else because there was two different car rides. Um, but, it, but I believe Jesse was for sure in one of them. And we were talking about like, who's good because he was going to ring it he does there he's tremendous at it nobody like him in that building in the basement east and we were debating like who what's gonna like well we'll need somebody for commentary and like i had for going back several years at that point i had a handful of people in and around wrestling be like you should try it i think you'd be okay at it because i've been i've done tons of podcasts going back years like my first wrestling podcast were like when podcasts were just starting and i was like it's a totally different thing you don't it's not the same deal you know because it isn't it's a totally different skill set and uh, but, oh, you, you, you talk, you like the sound of your own voice as evidenced by right now. And I, I said, no, it's not, you know, this went, but yeah, anyway, so we circle back and we're sitting in the car and I'm like, well, I guess I could try it. We'll see how it goes, you know? And uh, I kind of started gassing myself up. I think I'll be all right. I think I'll do this. So um, first sub show comes and uh, um, this show is kind of lost to time. There's a version of it. The, the, you know, everything was DIY. It's the only, like, um, the only show that was produced entirely in house, I believe there might've been one other, but so the, you can find the edit online. It's not, it's, it, 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 it's not the best. That's not a knock on, on, uh, the person who put it together. He did a great job. It's just, we were so, none of us knew what we were doing. None of us knew what we were doing. And, um, I don't even know if any or much of the commentary tracks hold up, but I felt pretty good about it. Um, and uh, I just, it was one of these things where um, once I did it, I felt like, okay, uh, I'm just going to keep doing it. And uh, this sort of fits with the focus of what I want to do, which is like help build up the infrastructure of independent wrestling in the Southeast. So now I can do that by also lending my thoughts and my voice here. Also on that first sub show, I kind of accidentally helped agent some matches, which was not necessarily an intention ahead of time. And um, by that point, I was already helping creatively with SCI. So I guess that wasn't that weird. But so very, very quickly, it became like, okay, well, now you're, help you're helping promote a show. You're helping promote and book this other show. Now you're doing commentary and then it sort of was a, like like a steady progression from there to now it's like i work for iwtv that's my full-time job it's a great job i love it um uh i do commentary for action help matt with some booking stuff there as well um help creatively at sup do commentary there been, been able to do commentary several other shows as well uh so it's it, it's kind of it i don't have there's not a i think with a lot of people um you know, there's like more of a eureka moment with a lot of things mm -hmm. in life. I really mm -hmm. didn't have that because part of it too is that I started so late. I didn't start doing any of this stuff until I was well into my thirties, you know? So you, it, it wasn't like it was this thing where oh, I'm going to start. I mean, I would have been terrible if I was doing this when I was like 20, like, like I mean, I would have been absolutely awful. Everything <laughs> I, every, every, everything I complain about right. that, uh, commentary com that I don't like about contemporary commentary i would have been 100 percent guilty of if i was doing it <laughs> in my 20s so um there's a, a level of perspective i think that comes with just being an old fart doing it too but it, there, there really wasn't a eureka moment, eureka moment it was a, it was a sort of a gradual progression of things and then just once i did it i was like okay i can do this and to be honest with you um 
even though I've done commentary for other places that I don't have creative involvement with, I've done an NGW show or two, done a little bit at New South, uh, did uh, part of a show at St. Louis Anarchy, some other places as well. But um, when you're involved in the creative process, boy, um, it, you know, in some ways it does give you a huge advantage when you're on commentary. And also, uh, I, I really like it because <laughs> um, it, it, it helps guide the narratives that we want guided. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, no matter, no matter how good or how much you trust another person, if you outsource that job, you st- no matter how good they are, you can't be 100% sure that they're going to hit the notes you want. Because even if you tell them, you might forget something until day of show. And then you're sitting there and going, oh, crap, I wanted them to emphasize this. It's too late. You can't walk up to them and be like, hey, uh, you know, like the, the show's going on. Like, so that's not an option. So that's another sort of facet in, in my case where it, it's it's nice to be able to do that. Again, I, I have called shows where I don't have that. And that's fun, too, because you just sort of can distance yourself from it. And uh, But man it it is very beneficial uh, to be able to call a show that you have some creative involvement in well it's it's kind of it's kind of like what we talk about with some of the wrestlers of just being in the right place at the right time and you found yourself in the right place at the right time to lend you know your talents to you know scenic city and then to sup and then progressively on from there so i mean christopher you, you said it's not like our other ones i mean it is he 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 he, he was there what do he was i know ready. what do i know <laughs> this is just another interview i don't know what do i Come know on. hey shout out Come thanks on. uh thanks charlie butters for following uh thank you will for the subscription go follow will w34 pox he's awesome he was just had jonesy on earlier uh, and let's see. And uh, Joseph Blair, Wrestle Idiot, thanks for the follow. There we go. Ooh, there we go. And there's so, some other idiots talking in the in the chat too, and they're just giving you all sorts of heck, Dylan. I'm just telling. Oh, you. I'm sure. But I, listen, I'm a, I'm a draw. I'm a drawing heel. Look at this. It's I, great. Go. Uh, apparently, your favorite wrestler is uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, oh, come on! Don't don't, don't disrespect him. Oh. Oh, number one. Number he says, one. He says number, number one. one. He says yes. Ben Newman says Oof. he's number one. Oof. Oof. Exactly. Yeah, he's all right. He's <laughs> all right. He's all right. He's all right. Actually, all joking aside, that that um, to break the fourth wall here and obliterate kayfabe and talk with my my wrestling observer brain and not my PWI brain. The uh, Jaden is one of the wrestlers I'm most proud of. Uh, there's a lot of them who I'm very proud of, like the hard work they've put in over the years. But uh, he went from being a guy who was almost uniformly derided and hated in this area among old veterans and stuff for things that frankly weren't even his fault. He was just a teenage kid who's, you know, granddad wanted to help him get into wrestling, um, you know, and uh, the assumption was that things were handed to him because of that. I actually think that's completely false. In fact, I think of anything the exact opposite is true. He was held to a much higher standard than other people because of that assumption. And he had to constantly prove himself. And uh, I mean, I put him over the years. We put him in situations where, woo, it was sink. It was sink or swim. You know, I mean, it 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 was sink or swim. He was either going to have a good match or he was screwed. He was either going to step up and and earn more or he was going to be 
sorry, maybe in a year, you know, and, and, um, listen, there's nobody who I rip as much as him, even privately, he would say so himself, <laughs> because whenever he does it, but it's, but it's because I, I think he uh, has so much potential. And I, I think it's remarkable how much he's improved. He, to me, he's one of the most improved wrestlers on the planet, regardless of, and I watch everything, you know, it's my job to watch everything. And, and I, and I, I think he's, I think he's one of the most improved wrestlers on the planet over the last three years. Uh, to, you know, he still does stuff that drives me crazy in every match and I, and he has to hear about it, but uh, man, compared to where he was, you know, and he, it, like he, he is, and he's, a, he's a baby, you know, he's still he's real so young. young. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, another, another couple years, there are not going to be too many people better than him. I really, I really think that. And if you had told me I was going to be saying that five years ago, I would laugh in your face. I would have laughed in your face. I would have said you're insane. But um, give give him another couple of years. There are not going to be a lot of people in wrestling better than him, and 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 on any level. I really think that. My question is: is is he going to bring back the fuzzy boots? I mean, <laughs> that, that's what I want to know. After 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 that coming out in the Val Pancakes interview that that she did with him, oh. and then going on YouTube myself and finding numerous. And when I say numerous, there are numerous, and it numerous. was fantastic. <laughs> fantastic, so, 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 Jaden. We love you. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say something potentially problematic here. Okay. Um, so so but oh well uh yeah I, it's it's late i'm gonna work blue um the the first time i saw Jaden, he was a teenager it was at the twe building i went to a show because steve carino was on it steve carino wrestled ray fury in the main event and Jaden wrestled colby carino on that show as i recall and uh at the time i didn't even really know that it was Jaden's show because i was visiting chattanooga i hadn't moved back yet i was still living in charleston and um the party monster or party animal or party starter or whatever the hell that gimmick was party Jaden yeah. newman at the age of probably 16 or 17 years old um hopped up on me and was thrusting in my face <laughs> in a way that would have made jeffrey epstein blush it was extremely uncomfortable oh, man. like it like I, I do not know if footage of this existed, but I, like after the show was over, I was like, I don't, I, I, I turned to my dad. I said, I have no clue how old that kid is, but that, <laughs> that was really weird. That was what, did, what just happened. That would have been weird if he was like twenty five or thirty five. <laughs> but like, I don't think he's of age. And what just happened it made me very uncomfortable. So, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I got to I got to witness that that gimmick in person, and man, all right. So it, that's it was something. The challenge to the chat. I expect to yes. see that image on social media later tonight. So yes, chat, Oof. do do your work. Do your thing. Okay, so we <laughs> we got to as much as we would love to talk about Jaden for the rest of what we what what we got going on here and and fuzzy boots and all that kind of stuff. We got, there, there's there's a couple of shows coming up. We have one in which uh, we hope we might have an announcement that supposedly you might have, and that's for the March 14th show, Southern Underground Pro. It is entitled, Are These Our Lives? 
And then later that week, we go to action on the 19th, and we have the You Can't Do That in a Wrestling Ring. Uh, I don't know if that's the first half or the second half of the doubleheader, but we have that one. And then we but have... Okay, so that's the first half. And then we have what is the epic second half that is uh, Cells Royal, Royal Royal versus Cells 2. Royal Cells 2, how, however Matt Royal Cells is, is calling it. So I guess first, l- let's talk the sub show. That's going to happen first in the week. So uh, do we know anything about it yet? I feel like sub keeps going we're going to announce something and then nothing gets announced so so here's um here's what we know okay we know that on march 14th southern underground pro is returning to the basement east for a closed set taping um uh now how exactly this content is going to be made available and for that matter how much content is is not yet public Mm. okay um but you know if you notice, we have deliberately said show parenthesis S in parenthesis multiple yep. times on social media. So there may or may not be uh, multiple pieces of content that come out from the March 14th events. Now we do have, so far, we do have one match announced. Last night, late in the, late in the day, we, we announced a match, which is Violence is Forever, defending the sub-tag team championships against the Bitcoin the Boys. The Bitcoin Boys, a, yes. There's an interesting interesting dynamic there. Uh, uh, first, first of all, I want to know if the Bitcoin Boys are Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. That's, a, that, that, that's separate. We can, we can uh, talk about that at a later date. But I uh, interesting dynamic there, of course, is that Dominic Greeny, is one of the uh, the training folk, the the mentors, if you will, at the AIW Training Academy, which is where the Bitcoin Bitcoin boys are out of. So this has a uh, a a teacher student dynamic mm-hmm. that I don't think uh, should be slept on at all. Those matches, historically, in my experience, particularly on the independents, those matches almost always exceed expectations, mm-hmm. uh, almost without fail. In fact, it's 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 pretty much. A certainty that they will and um so that's a that's a, that's an interesting one that was announced yesterday of course violence forever two time now iwtv independent wrestling tag team of the year by the way if anybody's wondering those awards are a shoot unlike the pwi awards which i think are actually now a shoot but they weren't when i was a kid um uh we we actually you know like the votes come in and we just count them as they come in that, that two straight years, Violence is Forever has been uh, the tag team of the year, according to a very large number of voters uh, yeah. for the IWTV awards. I mean, we they, they those awards do very very big numbers. It's a, kind of a task to count them, uh, even with algorithms and stuff, because people put names in differently and this that like it, especially when you get to match the year. But whatever, I'm not going to complain. Um, the uh, uh, so that's that's a big one. But I'm going to drop another one on you. Drop another one on you. Also, want to thank Kevin Marshall for sponsoring that, by the way. Uh, but want to drop another one on you. So this one uh, has never been announced anywhere else up until this point. Um, although I do have a, tr- a tweet set in drafts that I'll press as soon as I get off of you guys. Uh, <laughs> which fair. is on March the fourteenth. So I, I was t- I was thinking I was like, what can I give the Bottle Muffins? What can we do for these guys? You know, they're such good supporters of what we do in the South. Uh, Let's see. We got this match we could give. Them. We got that match. Uh, what if my feed went out right now? No. But <laughs> I, I, 
I decided that um, this was a per- I thought a perfect fit. So this match is sp- sponsored by the guys at IWTV Guide. I want to give them a shout out. They do excellent work. Shout out, yeah. Covering, they do co- covering the IWTV universe as you guys do. Um, so shout out to them. Big, huge, huge help. We could not do this without sponsors, especially for a closed set taping. Believe me, without sponsors, we would not be able to do this show. Uh, our shows up, but 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 to my knowledge, this is the first time ever matchup. And this term gets overused. The term rising star in, in independent wrestling, especially, is a cliche and a catch-all. And it's often accurate, but I, I think it's also oftentimes what people put when they don't know what to put. But in this case, I think both these guys are actually rising stars. So making, making his Southern Underground de- Pro debut, Alex Kane, the suplex yeah. assassin, heading into the basement east to take on... Cole Radrick, the returning Cole Radrick. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That's that, huge. That, <laughs> that, that one will take place March 14th at Are These Our Lives, uh, which, of course, will be available on IWTV. Um, Damn. Uh, and, again, sponsors IWTV Guide. Thank you very much for that, uh, that for helping make that possible. Um, Where's my counter? You know, we, this is yeah, – oh, <laughs> I know. We, 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 I mean, Cole can take a lot of damage. Damn. Too, so like – there, there might be like a hundred suplexes because, uh, at, like Cole can take a lot. Uh, Love it. And, Love it. And I think to me, you know, I'm happy with every single match we have lined up. Um, this one to me is kind of a special one in a way because Alex Kane is somebody that um, I think we are seeing something special and maybe don't even realize it yet. Um, Mm -hmm. And he, he improves every time out. He has a presence to him that I think a lot of guys who are really good don't ever really find, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and um, he's someone who, again, this time next year, man, I mean, he, (laughs) the, the sky's the limit. And on the flip side of that, Cole Radrick is a dude who, another one kind of like a Jake Newman. Cole, Cole was a guy who worked hard and he traveled and did that and the, this, that, and the other thing. But it, a lot of it wasn't fully clicking, you know, and I think he'd say so himself. But he just kept at it. And another one of these guys that over the course of the last couple of years, and I've said this on commentary before at Action, in fact, uh, if you go back and check out his match with Brett Eisen from the recent Action show, uh, uh, he. Uh, He's another one, man. There's not a whole lot of guys that have improved as much as he has in the last couple of years. I mean, he 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 has gotten pretty darn good pretty quick. Um, and I think that this one, I mean, I, ta- even taking off my shameless promoter hat, putting it on the side here, I do think that this is like a has a has show stealing potential. I I, I truly do. Uh, and. Um, yeah, I'm very excited for it. Very, very excited for it. So that's, that's your that's your bald monkeys uh, podcast exclusive here. Scoop on, on blew on, my mind. On, I love it. On I love I love the match. Two yeah. bald monkeys podcast alumni as well going head to head. So well, one, one and a half, one and a half. I hey, he Cole, was spoken was, to. Cole was spoken true. to. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay, okay so I'm going to put you guys in the hot seat. I'm doing that. I'm doing that thing where I hijack oh, podcasts. I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Who's winning? For you, who, who, who's your? Or let me. I won't even say who's winning. I'll ask you who the favorite is. I think that's a more fair question. 
who's who, who's the favorite? If you're an odds maker, who's the favorite in a Cole Radrick, uh Alex Kane match at Southern Underground Pro on March 14th? I, I, as the for the favorite, I I would say you 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 got to give it to Cole because I feel Alex is he he's the newcomer. He's the new guy on the block and in a lot of places he's the up and comer he's i i, I think he's the underdog I, in my I, opinion I, I i i could i could see that logic i could see that christopher what do you got what do you got what see you but got? i'm thinking alex kane just came off a big win against jace holiday at the action show he's had a couple of other matches that have just shown up on iwtv that you should check out that he's suplexing guys left four, and right four and oh in paradigm Kane right. is on a streak right now. So if anything, I actually think Alex Kane's probably the favorite right now because he's hot right now and he's on a streak. And Cole's actually, he's been beaten up a little bit his last few matches. He's been beaten mm -hmm. down. And obviously Alex is the bigger guy. And I think Alex is trying to hit those 10 suplexes. He's a little bit, he's a little bit upset that he hasn't hit 10 in the last few matches. So going I'd be the, afraid going for the double digits going for the double digits. By the way, what you guys just did. That is commentary seminar from Dylan Hales right there, because I'm serious. If anybody's watching this and you and you want to get into wrestling commentary, that's the sort of question that you need to be thinking about before a match is who who's the favorite? How do I frame frame who the favorite is? Who has the advantage? How do they have the advantage? What are the advantages? Like, this is exactly the kind of stuff that I love to hear when you're talking about a pro wrestling match. That's what that's how you do it. That's how you do it right there. So right, uh, and, 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 and both those arguments are credible too. That's the thing about it, you know. You like if you're looking at it with that PWI hat on to where if you got that brain coming into it, there, there is a credible argument that Cole's more experienced, he's more seasoned in sup, that's gonna give him an advantage. And there's also a credible argument that Alice Kane, he's just kind of in beast mode lately, you yeah. know, like, and so mm -hmm. I, I, I think, I think either or is an acceptable answer. I, I, you know, like to me, like if I'm sitting in the booth, I probably say exactly what you two guys just said, you know, like it, it, it is, it, it, and I guess I will be sitting in the booth on March 14th. So yeah. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just yeah. prove this. You guys there you go. Just me. clip it. Yeah. Just do I'm just gonna lay out for that match and just let you guys talk. I mean, now, now my money, and this is this is no shot against Cole. I, I I love his work in the ring, but but my money is on is on my man Alex Kane. I mean, I got a passport to Suplex Island. I mean, it, it's it's been stamped numerous times. I love going to that place. It's so much fun. And is, is it is it South Pacific? I can't tell you if you don't if you don't know where it is. I can't tell you. You got to talk to Alex about that. Fair but enough. I mean, and and the man has a killer entrance song. I mean, I, I, come on. The the entrance song. Come on. Great. I <laughs> the love it. Song I love great. it. Pretty good. Well, I mean, that's two awesome matches to to start off with, and I, and, I mean, and and, and I can't and wait. Check out, check out the sub Twitter at subgraps on Twitter as S U P uh, underscore graps. Because the, I, I think we will probably announce at least one more tomorrow. I, 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 we may, we may, realistically, we might, we might announce as many as three over the weekend. 
Uh, that's not out of the question. It's not out of the question that we'll that we'll do a, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday type deal. We haven't discussed it yet, but we've kind of got the graphics in place, which is one of the things we were waiting on, among some other things. Of course, also the other reality is, in this day and age with COVID and, and everything else going on, you want to make sure that things are solid before you announce matches because it. Knock on wood, anything can happen anyway. But that's mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why we've kind of kept things a little bit back is that you you just want to make sure as much, as best you can, yeah. um, and and not you, you try not to overpromise. You try not to overpromise. But if there's one thing I can say about stuff, uh, it's that I think atmospherically in the basement east, um, even with even even with no fans in the building, I think that's one of the best independent professional wrestling venues in the world and i i am very very confident with the lineups that we have assembled um and with the talent that we have coming in that what we produce is going to be really good i i have i have very very strong hopes for it um you know, knowing how excited a lot of these guys are to get back in the basement East in particular and how much that building has meant to so many people mm-hmm. there. I am, you know, I'm worried about the show as you always are about any show because there's so many things that you've got to do, but I'm not worried about the quality at all. I have, yeah. I have zero, I, like that. I don't know if I've ever worried the less about the quality of, of content than, 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 than with these, that, with what we're doing with stuff. I just feel like, everybody is going to be so excited to be back in Nashville, back in the basement East um, in, in that sort of family environment there that it's, it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. It's going to, it's going to be a wild scene. If you, if, if, if you're new to sup, you've never checked it out, go over to IWTV, go to check out Southern underground pro. Um, you know, again, I'm biased, man. Obviously, I I help promote book, do commentary there. Yeah, it's fine, whatever. I I I will put what we do next to any independent uh, going today in terms of just the overall atmosphere and vibe. And we've had tons of good match. We've had everything from the craziest brawls you've ever seen, Violence is Forever versus uh, Marco Stunt and Cabana Man Dan. Which on paper you might think that's a brawl. Go watch that match. <laughs> Go watch that match, okay? That is one of the most insane matches that has taken place on the Indies in the last five years. I, 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 had, I had multiple people that go to deathmatch shows regularly come up to me after that match was over in the building and say, man, that was, that was uncomfortable. That was like a level <laughs> of violence that was like disturbing. Um, you know, and, and, and we've had everything from stuff like that to – Daniel Maccabe come in there and, and, and tear it up with, with Kevin Koo on the mat um, uh, to the great series with Kurt Stallion and AJ Gray. Uh, you know, like we've, we've just had so much good stuff there over the years. Um, uh, obviously, Brad Eisen, who in many ways is the person that I think is, is a lot, most synonymous with Sub. Um, and if you're an action person and you've, you're an action person, which I, I'm sure is the case with a lot of Bald Monkeys viewers and listeners there's a lot of overlap but it's a mm-hmm. different vibe you know it's 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 a lot of overlap but a different vibe uh including up and in, for a long time the promotions had the same champion ac mac for the long time for a long time held the title both yep. places so um there's a lot there's a lot to like at sup and uh 
I, I'm really, really excited for March 14th. I think it's going to be crazy. And I'm also excited for March 19th, too, it actually. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I, it's great. Like, I'm very fortunate because um, those two shows, they, they represent sort of different parts of my wrestling brain and what I contribute, but they're not so different that I can't be the same person. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like I have, like, the, their uh, action is more, you know, it's a more, it's a family friendly show. Stuff is more of an adult. I hate that term for that, but like, you know, it, 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 yeah. it's, it's more in that vein, but, um, you know, actually, you know, it, I get to do both of these things that I like, you know, and it, it, it's, it's, it's really cool. Like, so, and there's a lot of things that work well both places there's some things that don't work well both places you know some things we do at action we cannot do with sup and vice versa that's mm-hmm. absolutely true mm-hmm. but the fact that i have a place where we can kind of do both and i get to be involved somewhat creatively and do commentary and work with people i really like it's it's really cool it's really cool and uh i love it uh and yeah i i think uh march 19th is going to be a big deal and then of course down in tampa is going to be a big deal too that's going to be yeah. that's the joint that's the joint the, the joint show have fun be sad so uh mm-hmm. that's going to be a while that's going to be a wild scene as well i've got i've got you know i don't have an announcement there because matt would kill me but i i, I, I have i, <laughs> I, I side knowledge i am privy to like i saw him in the that, chat matt who's in there that uh <laughs> I, i'm privy to some stuff that may or may not be happening then and that's going to be a wild atmosphere so so basically what you're saying is, is for anybody who's watching, make sure you follow action, make sure you follow sup so you can get and turn your notifications on so that oh, you know yeah, exactly when these matches are getting uh, told to everybody. And, and two of the guys that you mentioned before, uh, Kevin Koo and Kavana Mandan just had a really, really good match um, uh, the other day. So if you got IWTV, go find it. Yeah, check it's it out. Bad. Action Clash. Shout, Action shout Clash. To, shout out to New South too. They're doing great things. For, I think it was the first first match of the night. So if you it, didn't it, want to watch was. the rest of it, you can watch the first one and. You no, know. you should watch the rest of it because Jordan Oliver. You should. Oh yes. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, it, that's a that's a that was uh, the that was the main event that night. Yeah, New New South. Uh, you know those great. They're doing great stuff too. You know, like I mean Alabama wrestling. <laughs> For a long time in the in the, on the in the indie scene, uh, right, rightly or wrongly, um, this is not like it's weird. There was a period where Alabama wrestling was like, oh, there's some really good guys. Like this was like years and years and years ago, and Cabana Man Down was actually one of those guys. Christian Hayne was another one, and there were some others in that group as well. And then there was like a long period where like Alabama wrestling was considered a joke by a lot of people. I'm, this is not me editorializing. This was I'm expressing, I'm reporting what the general sentiment was. That's just a fact. Anybody who says otherwise is lying. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, whether that's fair or not, we can debate. But that's that that was the sentiment for a long, long time. And uh, over the course of the last, oh, I guess, nearing six years now uh, for for New South, they've 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 worked very very hard to um, change the reputation of Alabama wrestling, to cultivate a fan base there. Um, and to do some sort of unique things in the in the Alabama wrestling space, where you they they you know they train people, but they also have their veterans, and then they also bring in guys. So you kind of get a little piece of each thing, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there's some guys that have really come along there that um, have started doing stuff other places. And you know, look, t- 
to me, it's all credit to the talent. Like I, I try never to be one of these promoters or guys involved in creative who's like, I helped make this guy. That's a bad look, man. These guys are the guys taking bumps, dude. Like, like get, get off your own soapbox. You know, it's cool if you can give opportunities to guys that go out and kill it and ma- they make you look smart. Be happy that they make you look smart. Don't tell everybody how smart you are. But, but one thing I will say for New South is, you know, I'll say this on their behalf. Um, um, even though I would not do this if I was in their shoes, but I'll say this on their behalf. Um, guys like Adam Priest and Kevin Ryan, for example, mm-hmm. um, th- these guys really have been given some great opportunities there, and it has really, it has really been very helpful for them, both in their development and getting more eyes on them to get more opportunities other places. And having more places like that in the Southeast, whether it be South, whether it be New South, whether it be Action, Scenic City, when it's running, all of which have completely different vibes, by the way, all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that, is, that is so huge because for a long time, I'm not going to sit here and say there was none. I mean, you go back far enough, Wildside was, was huge. Um, you know, PWX has done a lot of great stuff in North Carolina. It's not like there's been none. That would be an, uh, an understatement. But relative to the amount of talent in the region, it's been, it's been pretty rough at times. And and I'm quite happy that 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 the worst of that is behind us. That that is that is very very nice, uh, because you know, years and years of guys, you know, the the guy I always point to is Sean Tempers, who I just feel like was super talented. You could also take a guy like Mr. Teen Excitement, Drew Haskins, who was another Middle Tennessee guy that came out of the same era as Josephus. Um, these guys were so good, man, and uh, I mean, really really good, and. They did some cool stuff here and there. I mean, Sean Tempers was NWA North American champion at a time when that really meant a, a, a pretty pretty good deal. And mm-hmm. you know, and Drew Haskins did some cool stuff and, and and had some you know some spots here and there. But man, if the infrastructure had been around just a few years earlier, those guys might be making a living in pro wrestling right now. Crazy, you know? yeah. And 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 like, I'm very very happy that that the, that infrastructure and the sort of realities on the ground have slowly started to shift for more and more guys all over the country, but especially here in the southeast. It's I, I mean, Chris and I have mentioned it before. I mean, coming from two guys that were primarily looking at the larger companies, we were not eyes, indie guys. We were yeah. not indie guys. Period. I'll say I, that right I, now. Yeah, I, having our eyes opened up. To, I mean. There's so, so much good independent wrestling out there that, like, it blows my mind every day. Like, when I see somebody that we've talked to is, like, now they're they're over here. They're over there. And then I start looking at, like, that card. And I'm, like, New Texas has a great show coming up this this Saturday. Yeah, that's for world. We're, We're sponsoring Calvin Tankman in his match. Uh, oh, yeah. I, that card. Chris is like, eh, what? I don't even know. Chuck that just was, did it. Oh, I was like, not, okay, it's, cool. It's, it's uh, <laughs> Calvin Tankman versus uh, Mysterious Q, right? Isn't that, isn't yes. That for the title? Yes. Oh, that'll be, yep, that'll be for the title. Mysterious yeah. Q is really, really good. Tankman's great. I mean, that's a hell of a match. That's another promotion. That man. whole that's card. Another... That whole card is just it's, stacked. It's, uh, it's stacked, and it's another promotion. Uh, Kiefer and the guys are doing great stuff. Yes, Kiefer Bartek. Their, their production dude, Scott's a great guy. Um, I work with him directly throughout WTV, of course. And they, like, in fact, um, this is this is a little bit of a breaking news that's related to my actual job. Ho- hopefully the IWTV, uh, the IWTV boss man won't be mad at me for saying this. But um, even before that show comes out, 
that show is premiering next Thursday. The per- will be the so. premiere of that on IWTV at 9 p.m. after episode two of Beyond Wrestling Signature Series, the first episode of which just ended about an hour, a little bit over an hour ago, which was awesome, by the way. Check it out on demand if you haven't on IWTV. That episode was really good. But um, there are actually, uh, right now, New Texas is running shows in Houston, which is where Astro World will be. But mm-hmm. they're also running shows out on the, the western side of the state, uh, out in Colorado City. Which yes. is where that where that uh, crazy mayor said that crazy stuff and had to resign. Uh, but he like he they that um, they have another show which I think is called Bedlam, which will probably be up on IWTV sometime this weekend. So that show was last weekend, and I just got the file, so that'll be up in the interim. So you'll have if if you're checking this out for the first time, you want to check out New Texas. You'll actually have a couple more New Texas shows to check out um, in like a week or less. So. Um, they're doing great stuff down there. Yeah, yeah. I'm always happy to plug these guys, man. There's so many good independents around the country, and um, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a show I work for for them to get credit. And you know, the last time uh, the last uh, New Texas show in Houston, uh, they had the Sup Bone Storm champion AJ Gray on the card. So mm-hmm. um, you know, like they're they're doing they're doing great stuff. Uh, real real happy with the New Texas guys. There there uh, there are other ones like you know New South who are really trying to develop uh, a scene in an organic way. And, you know, that's what we tried to do with action and what we tried to do with SUP as well. So it's so awesome to see, like all, all it awesome to see all of these talented people, talented wrestlers being put out there and having, and IWTV is like the best $10 a month that you could spend, like literally. And like, we don't get any, trust me, as much as we push IWT, we get no money from that, but, all the content on there is ridiculous. It is the best $10 a wrestling fan will ever spend. Yeah, as I shamelessly send a message to somebody on IWTV staff off camera here. Um, no, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I agree with you, obviously. Uh, again, I'm obviously biased. But, man, as somebody who, like, as somebody who came from an era where, like, literally, you know, well, first of all, I came from an era where, you like, you got to <laughs> – see the Italian stallion and George South wrestle in a high school gym, Terry Austin's underneath and Chris Hamrick takes a bump in the, on his back in the second match. And you're happy with your indie show. That's the era that I come from. But if, like I, the first indie I went to was in 1988 and Stan Hansen was on the show. Uh, but the, the, the progression now and just seeing where we are now and seeing like, even just in the digital era to come from an era where you had to hunt through youtube or maybe a promotion might do like a one-off eye pay-per-view and you know like and maybe it wouldn't work because the technology wasn't that great back then <laughs> like the like it has come so far i mean there's still hiccups here and there believe me you know there are there are there has somebody heavily involved with this there are things you're going to run into along the way but god almighty like I, like there's so much stuff i mean look dude i, I you know like we just today, just today, like on the back end of IWTV, uh, we put we we've got a bunch more shows that have come in. You know that new Texas Pro show I mentioned. There, we'll probably have a little bit more freedoms from Japan that'll go up shortly. Um, uh, I got a uh, you know, I got a, a little bit of a scoop, but not a, not a huge one. But we'll have some more Jersey All Pro stuff coming up soon Ooh. too. Uh, which is for, for the archival wrestling historian folks is a big one. That's a big hit. 
And that's just like in the last couple days stuff that we've kind of started. I mean, and this weekend, whoo, this weekend is loaded because not only did we have Beyond today, which was like a big deal, Beyond being back, loaded show. That Chris Dickinson, Tony Depp in the main event, holy crap, dude. But mm-hmm. uh, the we've got four streams all live in two days, Saturday and Sunday this weekend. We've got a ICW doubleheader on Saturday. Yes. In between that, Violence is Suffering is streaming live for the first time. We've had a couple premieres from them, but they're live with us this weekend. And then on Sunday, we got No Peace returning as well. So, uh, yeah, it's stacked. It's busy stacked weekend. weekend. Yeah. Very, very busy weekend for me. And Violent, I, busy, violent weekend. Uh, yeah, you're not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so, some, some, some of this stuff is, uh, woo. Some of these ICW matches, man, um, and No Peace for that matter, too, you watch them and you're just like, I don't understand how <laughs> this person is standing right now. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, again, I'm an old fart, man. Like, like I've taken like two or three bumps ever for storyline reasons in wrestling. And after all of them, I've been like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. Yeah, that and, was enough. And, and, and they're, they were all relatively simple, you know, nothing that theatrical, you know? So, uh, no, no way, no way. These, uh, these folks are killing every week for us uh, all the time. And uh, it's great. It's great. Uh, independent yeah. wrestling is awesome. It's yeah. There's, there's so many things to so many different things you can consume of independent mm-hmm. wrestling. We just talked about all the different promotions and they're all a little bit different to your point. Yeah. And this weekend, like we're talking about is going to get a little bit violent and hardcore. We sent Val down there. We we stayed here at home. Yeah. We sent Val down to Florida. She'll hey, she'll be down there and report for us. Shout out shout out to Val by the way. Let me just we say, love Val. Somebody, as some as somebody who runs the IWTV's uh, Twitter, not exclusively, but of probably eighty to eighty five percent of the time, it's me behind that. Um, she is always in there. Um, always, you know on top of the hashtag, promoting what she supports, driving the discussion, shouting people out, giving credit where it's due. Uh, and that is really awesome to see. I mean, I, it, it, it seriously is, is really awesome to see. I've said this to her publicly from behind the IWTV handle before, but um, uh, it, it, it is really cool how supportive she is. And, and it, it really is, it, it's awesome to see um, somebody like develop as an independent wrestling fan because of what we're doing on the service and then kind of give back to yep. uh, that's really neat that's really neat mm-hmm. I, I like I, like you know i'm not gonna lie to you like that 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 uh that makes me proud to be an iwtv employee you know what i mean so um it's it's very cool and there's several people like that but Val, val's one of the one of the main ones who who sticks out and, and is is always always backing us up there uh She's, yeah, she's awesome. She's awesome, and she did good with Jaden. She did good. She was she was more polite with him than I would have been. I would have. Been <laughs> I don't want to hear any more of this shit from you. <laughs> well, Val's doing better and better, and yeah, she she's she's a little more polite than some of us would be to some of these guys. So that's kind of why we put her on with Jaden too. That worked out really well. Yeah, I, I got a low tolerance for Jaden Newman. <laughs> low, low tolerance for obnoxious Jaden Newman. So I, I'm afraid to ask this question because oh, oh no, I I don't know 
I don't know that you would have anything else besides wrestling because we ask everybody outside of wrestling what's your hobby but i feel like your job and your hobby is wrestling so but is but is there anything got, else he's got music I, I, he's got some I, music I, I, I feel I I, I I do have music i used to be much more into music than i am now though i still listen to a lot of it um uh obviously in the COVID era if i can go to concerts but i hadn't been to any in a long time anyway um uh, you know, I'm a big podcast listener, and I'll be honest with you, almost none of them are wrestling podcasts. Um, I, I listen to a lot of media criticism, uh, politics, current events, um, stuff like that. Uh, you know, I'm, I, my politics are very weird, uh, and nobody wants to listen to that diatribe, diatribe, excuse me, right now. Uh, but like, I, I listen to all sorts of stuff in that vein. Um, you know, and I walk a lot. Like I, I, I probably walk, depending on the day, no less than eight miles a day. Um, and you know, wow. I sometimes I'll do twenty. I mean, that's that's an excessive day, but I walk a lot. Um, which I you know throw on the podcast, hoof it. Um, I'm less of a bibliophile than I used to be, but I do read a lot. Uh, I used to read an absurd amount. I mean, I worked at Barnes and Noble for over a decade for a reason. Um, but I do read a lot. I, I read, you know, I, I've got my my stuff that I read on the internet, you know, news sites and you know, cultural criticism and stuff like that. But I but I also read a lot of books. Um, uh, there's you know, mostly nonfiction, mostly history. I was a history major. Uh, but not not exclusively. Um, I do like some fiction. Uh, you know, uh, I, I like uh, speculative fiction, but not exclusively speculative fiction, historical fiction, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I've got I, I probably have broader hobbies than a lot of people realize, actually, um, because my public persona is mostly wrestling talk. Uh, but uh I, you know, I, I watch the TV here and there too. I'm not. I'm not a huge TV guy. The pandemic, I think, has kind of turned everybody into more of a TV person than they were beforehand, though. Mm. Because when you're when there's less stuff to do, it's like, all right, let's find a Netflix series. Let's see if it sucks or not. You know, like, <laughs> this, like that. That 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 kind of becomes the default. Um, so I have done some more of that. But you know, I've got. I, I would say that my my hobbying is is probably a little bit broader than than might you might assume. I am extremely surprised. I am. I that that's a you fit in a lot considering how much wrestling is part of your full time life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm probably to a fault an obsessive personality. So when I get like one thing, I'm very very into. Um, and I would this I would be hesitant to say. Hmm. I would be hesitant to say this is a hobby, but maybe it is in some ways. Is that I'm I'm a I'm a, like a big time geography nerd, on top of being a, a you know guy who went to school for history and whatnot. So like I'll like study maps for fun sometimes. Um, like I'll, I'll like I'll, I'll I'll just wonder myself like uh, oh I wonder how far this place is from there or I, I like I wonder what if there's any islands off the coast of this particular place that seems remote and in and of itself, you know, and that kind of stuff is super fascinating to me. And actually weirdly or maybe not weirdly wrestling has um 
made made me even more nerdy with stuff like that because like you know like we'll get like a, a, a promotion somewhere we'll like send me something i'll be like huh i wonder how far it is from fort collins colorado to like 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 and i'll look it up and then like i start look like and it, this is the kind of weird stuff that i'll do so you know like i like like a good gift for me is like a world atlas you know what i mean like the like this is the kind of stuff that you know, I, I I read the World Almanac for fun when I was a kid too, which is should not be that surprising considering my tallying of wrestling moves. But um, yeah, that that I, I I've got some you know, I've got some pretty, I've got some eclectic taste I think, uh, and, and some kind of I I don't think I have any hobbies that are especially interesting per se, but I do have a decent number of them. Oh, I've I've got a pretty decent christmas list now for you with the with the little notebook for your tallies and a an atlas i mean this is i mean i'm getting some go. ideas this is good secret santa go. is covered there we go there we go give me a uh like an octavia butler biography and we'll have the trifecta so right. yeah. Yeah. he's writing it down he's got it you think i don't write this stuff down no i i'm not really sure like sometimes i feel like you're just like pretending to write it down. And then other times I'm like, no, no, he's actually writing it down. <laughs> right. You can't see it, but there's words here. No, I, I, there's, I tallies there. there's tallies there. There's tallies. There's tallies. <laughs> I've, been, I've been tallying this whole time. <laughs> Captain, where are we? Where, where are I'm we on the list? Clue, man. I have no idea. <laughs> Do we want to get into, do we want to get into favorites? Do we want to jump into we, favorites? We, yeah, we we could jump into favorites. And I and I'm going to let the captain go first because the last few interviews I have stolen his favorites and he gets very angry when people take away his candy. So I'm going to allow him to go first with the favorites. I, right, I, I get right. very angry at a lot of things. Truth. I mean, it's our yeah, truth. It, it it's a problem. It's a problem. But I'm going to ask, what is your favorite music to jam out to? Uh, ooh, I'm going to say probably mid to late 90s, maybe even, and also maybe late 80s, hardcore punk. So like anything from like, say, maybe Gorilla Biscuits to Kid Dynamite to um, even something on like the harder edge, like if I'm, if I'm really like, like to me, Chokehold's Content with Dying is like the best hardcore album ever. I'm sorry, it, it just simply is. But it sounds like it was recorded in a tin can, and that's good. That's what music, <laughs> that's what music from that point, with that sound, was supposed to sound like. I don't want to hear it overproduced. It sucks then. Sorry, <laughs> that's the, that's the rules of it. Um, uh, you know, even stuff like uh, like my my supreme. I'm having a bad day, and I need to like uh walk it off music is like path of resistance's uh, uh song counter uh if you if you if you want to get really micro analytical with this now my fa my favorite band ever is actually lucero who is nothing like this at all stylistically but um but i'm i'm less likely to be like aggroing out you know or like or like you know getting getting the blood flowing listening to them necessarily so yeah do you have a guilty pleasure music <sighs> I, i'm gonna be honest with you um I'm so, I'm so much of an open book in a lot of ways that I don't know that I even believe in guilty pleasures, but like, but what I would say is I, I like, a, like um, when people, you know, given like a lot of the stuff that I listen to, I think a lot of people are surprised by the fact that like, I like a lot of 
what I guess people would consider trash pop that I don't think is trash pop. Like, I think Kelly Clarkson's objectively good. Like, uh, you know, like, I, I think Since You've Been Gone is, like, one of the best pop singles ever recorded. So, you know, like, um, stuff like that. I wouldn't necessarily call it a guilty pleasure, but I, I love stuff like that. Um, uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, I also, you know, I listen to, like, a lot of 90s radio country. Growing up in South Carolina, you hear it from, from Osmosis. You know, like again, I'm not, I'm, I don't consider it a guilty pleasure, but I love George Strait. I love Keith Whitley. I mean, that's just, that's just how it is, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah. Not necessarily guilty pleasures, but may, those are things that I think might maybe surprise some people that I, that yeah. I kind of like. What's, what's your favorite match that you have called? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, I would have stole that. So, so if I'm for, am I forced to pick one? Are we going to hold me to this? No, okay. you, 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 you can pick two. It's your, it's your no podcast. Three. It's, yeah, your it's your podcast. podcast. Do whatever you want. Okay. 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 I can pick two, but no more than three. All right. So, um, <laughs> Ali Kett versus Brett Eisen from, uh, Sups, Those Who Fear Tomorrow, which is actually the same show that has that crazy tag team match with Violence is Forever and, and Cabana Mandana Marco Stunt. But, I actually, Allie and Brett, to me, is a, a tremendous storytelling match. Um, and it was a match I was against us doing. Uh, I was very against it creatively. Um, and I love when people prove me wrong. And uh, they they proved me wrong. The match was tremendous. Great, great match. And I, I, I really, really enjoyed calling it. Um, it was just super well executed. And well executed, despite having a lot of things that theoretically would be working against it, and make it more difficult um, to, to, you know, to, uh, you know, this will sound like a shill. It's really not. Uh, Royal versus Cells won um, from action. Uh, $25, mm-hmm. $100 versus hair on IWTV. Um, it, the build to that match, the enthusiasm, um, you know, obviously knowing what's going to happen sitting in the booth and just waiting for that moment and like, like you can't not be excited about it. I don't think that was necessarily one of my best calls. I think I, I personally feel like I've done better on other matches, but that feeling was super cool. You know, like, like just being there, being able to call it. Um, so the, I, I think I, I'll stick with those two. There's plenty of others I could name. Um, there's plenty of others I could name. Actually, I'll throw one other, just as kind of a random one for a promotion that I, that I have nothing to do with creatively. Uh, Kurt, Kurt Stallion uh, versus Daniel Maccabe from, I forget the name of the show, but it was January of last year, New South. Um, that one I really enjoyed, and, and, but also for selfish reasons, because those are two of my favorite people and two of my favorite wrestlers in wrestling. So that's yes. kind of like a person, there's a personal dynamic to that too. Okay. Now, Chris, I know you have some questions in the chat. I got, I got one more, and it's, what's your bucket list match of two competitors Ooh. that you have not called a match before that you want to? Wow. Okay, that's tough. Um, so there's, I have a. You're on, you're on the Bald Monkeys podcast. We ask the hard hitting questions. We don't, I, we don't fuck around. <laughs> I, so I mean, come on. What's weird about this is I've never really been a bucket list guy per se. Like, it's like, like a lot of people have checklists, right? With like this, that, and the other. I've never necessarily been one of those guys, but I've found over time that I've started to get, get a little bit closer to that. 
um, as time has gone on, um, I, so I'll, I'll put it this way. Here's my commentary bucket list. Okay. There are people I would love to do commentary with, um, among them would be Lenny Leonard, uh, and, uh, the struggles and probably a bunch of other people I'm forgetting, but those two immediately come to mind. Um, I've always, even though I'm not like, I like, you know, like, even though I'm not like the world's biggest deathmatch fan, not that I'm not a deathmatch fan, but like, I'm not like, I'm a deathmatch guy per se. I've always wanted to call a deathmatch and I've never gotten to do that. Um, just because I think it would be interesting. It would be like a, a different test for me. Um, and within that, like, I don't know that there's any individual person that I've ever, that, that I've never gotten to call where I thought, man, I really, really, really want to call one of their match. I mean, if I could tr travel in time, there would be people like any Terry Funk match because he's the best wrestler ever lived. But like, I don't know that there's any individual or active person because so much of it is, is story with me or like the broader dynamic, mm -hmm. but there are definitely like, there are things that could come up that I would want to call. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. uh, and there, there are people who I would like to see in certain settings that, that, you know, like certain people, like if Kurt Stallion were to have like a world title match, man, I would want to call that. Like that, that would be like almost against anybody. It, like I almost wouldn't even care who it was against. I would want to call it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I guess to, to, to force myself to answer the question as best I can, even though I've called several Daniel Maccabe matches, I would love to call a Daniel Maccabe and Jonathan Gresham match. Holy smokes. Ooh. That 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 yeah. they've had one they've had one before at three two one battle. It's it's awesome. Um uh but man I would oof, I would love to call a match between those two. That that would like if I if I was forced to pick one just off the top of my head, one match, that would probably be it. That would probably be one of them. Nice. Okay, Chris, what do you got from the chat? All right, chat's got a few things in here. One of uh, one of the chat members mistook you for Sami Zayn, but I think we've got it. <laughs> we've got things cleared up now. I, I think. Uh, Terrible. Terrible. So Joseph Blair, wrestle idiot, wants to know J.T. Smith or Cougar J. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, the answer is J.T. Smith. It's always J.T. Smith. Uh, J.T. Smith's incredible, but man, Cougar J is great. If you like, I. Have you guys ever seen Cougar J? Do yourself a favor. Google, like, just Cougar J matches or go to YouTube and look them up. Um, he was this enhancement guy from TV in the late 80s, primarily in 89. And uh, a lot of people remember Lee Scott as, like, the crazy enhancement guy from that era, and he absolutely was because he would take psychotic bumps. But Cougar J did this stock bump that he took that I've never seen anybody do. And it was so ridiculous that you actually sort of wondered if he was actually trained because it was so absurd because so like you get thrown between the, the top rope, and the middle rope, there's a way to sort of like slow post your way out. So you can take the bump to the floor, but protect yourself. Not this guy. This guy would basically get thrown between the ropes. Like, like he was toe paying air and just like fly <laughs> straight to the ground. And he did this regularly. This was like, not something that happened once. Um, and JT Smith's just incredible. JT Smith's one of the he's like I one of my all time favorite wrestlers. One of my all time favorite wrestlers. I know it's weird. Uh JT Smith N E C W is literally one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. If you want to see one of my favorite segments of all time, go to I think it's Massacre on Queens Boulevard, which I think is on the network or or whatever that's gonna be called when Peacock buys it. Mm. Uh 
and J, J, uh, it is uh, J.T. Smith and, and Little Guido in what is, I think, technically the first time the FBI was ever together as a unit versus mm. the Dudleys the first time Devon was ever in. Oh, wow. And the match is not the match is not great per se, but the segment itself is one of the funniest segments in the history of pro wrestling. It like everything about it is funny. It like I just watched it again with my brothers recently. It's still hilarious. I still laugh like the very first time I laughed when I saw it. Uh, so that's awesome. Yeah, and I mean that's like one of like JT Smith's rules. He's just great. So the answer is JT Smith. JT Smith is the answer. Okay, got it. John Miller's killing me with questions here. There's three of them in there. So, John, I'm gonna do your most. I'm gonna do your most recent one. So, favorite Pillman match? Oh, that's a great question. Pillman was one of my favorite wrestlers as a kid. Uh, he's still one of my five favorite wrestlers of all time, actually. Um, I. Probably, probably, it, it is, it's difficult. It, it, it actually is difficult. And a lot of people like him better as a heel. Um, I don't. I like him better as a baby face. Really? In, in, uh, yes. Um, because he was a baby face that really resonated with me when I was a kid. And uh, he was an underdog baby face. Like, you know, before there was one, two, three kid, the high flying underdog baby face that you wanted to root for, even when he was in there with the bigger guys and the, and the more the more skilled veterans to me was Brian Pillman. To me, he was the first guy like that. Now that's not true. There's been one from every era of time immemorial, but as far as I'm concerned, that was the first one, you know, so that like, he was my favorite as a kid for that reason. Um, I'd like him as a heel. And in some ways he's better as a character as a heel, but I, I, I'm more attached to him as a baby face. I I'm going to say probably the 89 match versus Luger. I don't know if it's the best match. And that was, I wish I could remember the the date on that, but that that that, that might have been Halloween Havoc '89. But that 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 um, that match is great. It, it's U.S. title match is great. There was also a TV match he had with I want to say it was Rick Rude, maybe a '92 that I like a lot. But there's there's a there's a lot of Pillman matches I could pick. Pillman rules. I love you digging into like <laughs> the bank of all the matches you can remember. Like I, I'm amazed by how much wrestling knowledge you just hold up there I, I, because I'm not even close. I mean, I'm not even close. Like somebody like Chris Zellner, who's like a longtime friend of mine, is like on a level beyond even me. But, but you know, there I have I have seen a lot of wrestling. <laughs> seen a little bit of wrestling. Yeah, I, I can't even remember the matches I watched earlier today. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> terrible. So I like this one from Will. This is a good one. Uh, six months from now. Who are three guys in the indies that we're not going to be able to book anymore? Oh, oh, ooh, okay. So there's two ways of looking at this question. All right, I'm analytical about everything. That's why I can't shut up. Uh, but there's there's two ways of looking at this question. One way is, um, will we not be able to book them anywhere because they're, uh, they're so in demand that you can't get bookings on them? The other way is they're going to be signed. And that's and that's and, how Will posed it. I kind of tweaked it a little bit. Okay, so so if we're talking about they're going to be signed, guys that I think will be signed, boy, that's hard. Um, I, in six months, a lot, and a lot of this is dependent on COVID. Yeah. Um, but I think Fred Yehi may be signed in six months. I think he's been doing this stuff with Ring of Honor. 
everybody sort of knows he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. It's like the least well-kept secret possible that Fred's incredible. Um, I just feel like it could be time for him. And maybe he'll have a deal where he can still do some independence. That's possible because some of those guys do. Uh, but I, I think Fred could be could be a signed guy, uh, you know, by the summer. I think there's a very good chance of that. Um, this is kind of a, 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 a wild one, and she just was on TV recently on Dark and just did kind of one shot. But, man, Davian is really good. And, um, I mean, she's real good. Uh, mm-hmm. she's one of my, she's one, she's one of my favorite wrestlers to watch. It's, uh, like everything she does is good. It, like she does stuff well that I don't like, again, like this isn't even a knock on the current talent pool, but she does stuff well that like almost in, and I know it's through hard work and not just intuitive. Cause I know people that came up training with her, including Kevin Koo, by the way, they trained together. Uh, but she does stuff that seems intuitive. And it's really good. And once you get to that level, man, I, I, like she, I would not be shocked. Um, I would not be shocked to see uh, Davian get signed this year. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. There's a lot of ones that I could pick. I'm trying to think of some that might be a little bit surprising to some people. Um, you know, <sighs> man, there's there really are people that could fit in this category uh you know i i calvin tankman since he came up earlier that's another dude where you know and he's had a wwe tryout before that's on public record that's not mm-hmm. that's not something that we don't know about wwe had it on their website for god's sake um mm-hmm. that that's another guy where man there's not a lot of people like him which helps um you know I think having like, there's a lot of guys on the Indies and, and women on the Indies too. I shouldn't just say guys, but there's a lot of people on the Indies who are very talented in, in, in different ways. And, it, you know, some of them are incredibly talented in certain ways, but having a having something that's a little bit unique, like one of the things about Ben Carter, why I always say that Ben Carter got scooped up as quickly as he did. And that, this is coming from somebody that worked with Ben on the Indies probably more than anyone actually because he wasn't on the Indies that much. And for a while, the only Indies he was working was the ones I was around. But Ben, ben like, he, there was a way he moved around the ring that made him unique, right? So sometimes his match wasn't even that good. I'll say it flat out. It's not like I didn't say it to him. And sometimes, <laughs> so, 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 sometimes his match was fine, maybe. But, like, but the way he moved around was so compelling that you would sometimes forgive things in the match. Maybe, ah, I didn't love that part. I didn't like that. And then once he started to put the rest of it together, well, now he's already got this hook, which is the way he moves around. Tankman just has a presence to him that I don't think a lot of guys have. And it's not just the size, and it's not just the facial expressions. It's beyond that. It's an intangible. And, uh, yeah, Tankman, I mean, I could go on. I could probably name 40 people. I was going to say, there's a lot more than three probably right now. But, but, but those are three that jump out to me immediately. Um and, you know, Fred, I think, kind of already has that in, so that's a little bit of a cheat, you know. But, um, I mean, I guess technically they all have an in. Davian did AEW recently, and, yep. and, and Tankman, of course, had that tryout. But uh, if you were scratching a little bit beneath the surface, 
you know, you're always going to find some people uh, that are just just below the surface as well that are going to be sort of the next guys. And, you know, I, I don't, I, I, I'm not saying that I think Alex Kane's going to be signed in six months, but you look at guys like Alex Kane or Nolan Edward, for example, you know, it's not out of the question that they might be signed by this time next year. I mean, I, I like, I mean, at the, our, our quicker, I, at the, the speed of how everything's working on the Indies now is so accelerated that, man, there's a lot of people that are in play and, and there's a lot of different places for people to go now where they can get contracts. So, yep. and a lot of opportunities for people to step up and people then to step up and take those spots that are out there. Co- correct. There's, that, there's so many places on the Indies right now that guys can fill spots but you know it's got to be earned on merit you know what i mean like and and i'm not like i'm not one of these people that say oh wrestling is a meritocracy no it isn't nothing really is but you're you're you've got to do the hard work and you've got to have skills at a certain level or otherwise you're going to expose yourself you know it's one thing to get an opportunity but if you get it and you shit the bed. Mm-hmm. That might be the you last know, one like, you get. <laughs> yep. So, so you know, like getting that opportunity and making the most of it is really, that's really the name of the game. And um, there are definitely some people that are going to have the chance to hit the next level on the independence in, in 2021. There's going to be a lot of them, actually. If, they, if, if they're ready, there's going to be a lot of, lot of opportunities. So no, I, I have to interject here and I have a question. You know, you talked about putting in the hard work, you know, and and doing what you need to do and all that kind of stuff. Now, one person that so many of our guests have brought up and Alex Kane was another one and the name is A.R. Fox. Oh, the, the, the dude just, I mean, in the ring, out of the ring, he just, it looks like he does 150% all the time, no matter, no matter what he's doing, whether it's wrestling, whether it's with the training, I would, I would love to pick your brain on AR and why has he not been scooped up by somebody? And that, and that could also be because he doesn't want to get scooped up too. Maybe he likes where he is. so AR Fox in terms of pure skill and know-how and I actually think one area where he's actually amazing somehow he's underrated is building dramatic tension in a match. I think a lot of people look at AR Fox and they think, oh, he's this guy who's trained a bunch of good guys and he's like does a bunch of really cool spots and it's like both of those things are true um but that's just like two things that are true (laughs) you know like like he he's like uh, he was in Haas last year which i got to attend more or less as a fan the new south Haas tournament i didn't have anything to do it was wonderful i heckled people and cheered for kurt stallion it was great uh (laughs) but but uh i got to heckle adam priest it was wonderful great time um but uh Fox was in that tournament. It's just like you watch him and you almost forget how good the dude is. And, you know, the reality is, like, I'm not like, in the case of Fox, there may be things that are in the past that are beyond his control now. 
And also there's, it's a situation I think where in a way he's, I don't know, in a way he has a level of value in his current role that, how do I put this? Outweighs maybe? Outweighs is maybe too strong, but it, 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 because I don't want, like if you could make, you know, $500,000 a year as like a top guy in WWE or something, I mean, of course, but like he, what he's doing is so significant in and of itself that, you know, some with some people, like I, I won't name names. I'm not going to name names here because it would be completely unfair. Um, but I know of, I know of a few people in the last few years, and they're not even people I'm close with. So don't try to speculate because they would these people would surprise you, who have been offered deals or, or been in positions where it looked like they were about to get an offer deal a certain place, and they've decided not to do it. And, uh, you know, in one case, it was a person who had a very good shoot job. And in order to relocate to do what he needed to do, not only would that job be gone, but he'd be taking a substantial pay cut and be taking a substantial pay cut to perhaps sit on the bench in NXT for a year and a half. And Mm -hmm. for some guys, it's like, that's not a great fit. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that's the case with AR Fox. My point is more that the current landscape is really complicated you know a decade ago if the wwe came knocking and said we want you it's like okay mm-hmm. where do i sign yeah but so much has changed since then you know like the nxt system like the 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 nxt system has changed the the wwe contract structure has changed um the uh um uh, AEW has emerged as a player. Ring of Honor has started to give out much more significant mm-hmm. contracts than they used to. You've still got Impact and MLW around, which have totally different types of deals. Their deals are not at all the same, but like, you know, maybe you're somebody who still feels like you need some more time on the indies or who's doing really well on the indies and maybe you just don't want to go to, you feel like if you go to NXT, you're going to be on a shelf for a while and, you know, you don't feel like just doing performance center training for two years and barely getting on TV. Then you, maybe you'd say, ah, I'd rather do MLW, take my, you know, deal there and still work Indies. Like every, I feel like the, the situation is so different now yeah. than it was a decade ago that it's very, very hard to know what, even, even sometimes with guys where I personally have heard their version of a story. Like I know of a dude who was offered, um, a pretty good deal one place and but his but his dream was to go the other place and that was enough for him just to not go and yeah. you know what are you going to say to that um it, it it's it's uh it, it, like everybody is different in 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 this landscape and um it it it's crazy to me to think about it too, because it's like, obviously like right when I was becoming an adult, you had three companies in the States that were all sort of players, you know? And then for a long time, there was basically one. And now we're in a situation where there's clearly two. And mm-hmm. even if you feel like ring of honor is not at the same level there, they, you can make a living working there. 
You know what I mean? Like you, so like you, you factor that in and then there's some guys that can make a living working the independence. So especially if they also have kind of maybe a deal with MLW or impact or, you know, maybe they go to Japan some. So it, it's, it's just a totally different landscape. And I think for guys like Fox um, and other, other people for that matter, the incentive structure is just a lot different than it was in yeah. two, 2011, you know? And needless to say, the, the impact that Fox has on independent wrestling far outweighs, you know, what what a a run in, in a company might even be. And his legacy, I mean, is, is cemented with just the people that we've talked to. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, that, yeah. That, that right there is, you know, action, action the best part. Action wrestling, to take one example, would... I don't even know what it would look like if AR Fox was not training people. Uh, I, 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 I honestly, that's not like hyperbola. I actually don't know what it would look like, but it would look a lot different. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, that that's undeniable. And, you know, I've, I've actually not been around him that, that, that often he he's, uh, I've been on shows with him maybe twice. Um, but, uh, good guy, chill guy and really good wrestler. Real, really good wrestler really good all right so i got one more from the chat and then i got one more and i think we're gonna go to the ultimate final 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 question okay all right all because right, I'm ready. I'm ready. We're, we're coming up on the two hour mark on your podcast tonight yeah just, no problem no problem just, just <laughs> cruising along guys this is not a joke i've done six hour shows before this is nothing oh we're 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 with the like this is nothing. This All is right. Nothing. Well, we're not doing a six-hour show tonight. <laughs> oh, no. Not tonight. But if, but if there is a longest show you have ever done, I want to challenge that, and I think we should beat it, Chuck. I oh, think we good, should. Yes. Good, good, good luck. Chris Zellner and I did a graded, Greatest Wrestler Ever episode that might have been it, – it, I think the two the two shows we did combined were like eleven or twelve hours. So oh my Lord. we're we're gonna get Big Baby Jimmy on the podcast, and we're gonna we're gonna we'll, oh, we'll yeah, take we care can of that. Break that. Yeah, he could do it by himself probably, just talking to himself. True. All right. So uh, one more question from the chat. Um, you have one indie wrestler that you could tell us about that we are gonna know about soon that we don't know about right now. Who is that one wrestler? Oh man! One, just one. One, one and only one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Let me ask this: Does it? It that? Am I speaking? Is the we I'm speaking to the the bald monkeys, or is the we I'm speaking to the collective zeitgeist of the independent wrestling landscape? That second one. Damian, Ta Damian Tangra. Damian Tangra is the answer. Okay, because there Love are Damian. other. There, there are people that could fit in this, like, you know, like an Adam Priest, for example, or somebody like that. Um, but Tanger, I feel like, is almost, he's still in that phase where he's almost totally under the radar. It Like, unless you're watching action, you probably haven't even heard his name. Mm -hmm. But he's had, th he's been in action three times now. Every single match was different. Every single match was good. Every single match he was in there was, like, it, like it's one thing for him to have a good sprint with Kane, who he trains with, and it was real good. Don't get me wrong, I loved it. But to go in there with two veterans, 
and like Cabana Van Dan and Dominic Garini, and to get t- where both guys are trying to test him a little bit, you know, like like let's see mm-hmm. what he's got, you know, and to hit two home runs like that. If Damian Tangra wants it, twenty twenty one is going to be a year for him. That's the answer. That's the answer. There are plenty of other people I could pick. A bunch of guys out of the basically any H two O student, almost any Matt Tremont student could qualify here. They're also damn good. Marcus Mathers, Dylan McKay, uh, Christian Raw. I mean, like like everybody up there. But but D- Damian Tangra is going to be my answer because I think he's he is just like he's like the the like underneath a sheet of ice banging violently <laughs> with a with like a with like a like a, a pickaxe. And when he breaks through, it's going to be like an emerging monster, you know, like, a, like, yeah, Tanger's the answer. And yeah, that is definitely somebody that we are definitely aware of, but oh, yeah. the rest of the world is about to be. Mm-hmm. And he has an open invitation. He, he already said he would do the podcast at some point. I mean, we love Damien. Chuck's got a little bit of a crush. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't blame him. I, I, Tanger's a handsome and a kind fellow, so. All right, so a lot of fun. We've had a blast, but we started at the beginning. We got through all the craziness. And we're going to go back. We're going to go back one more time to okay. the young years. Okay. And you have an opportunity to talk to your 10-year-old self. What are you going to go back and tell 10-year-old Dylan? Don't get arrested for stealing a soda while your ex-wife is pregnant with your child. Uh, that would be one thing I would say. Uh, that was a critical, critical mistake. <laughs> uh, so that, that, that would absolutely be one thing I would say. Um, I would say, uh, I think I would, I think I would try to convince myself that um, the the whole dreams can be reality thing is real. There I am. I'm back. But that, I, I would try to convince myself that the whole dreams could be reality thing is real because there, the, like, for a long time in my life, cynicism was a major, major part of my everyday existence. And, uh, you know, everybody's got a little cynic in them. Um, and man, there's a lot of days where being involved in independent wrestling is not a dream, let me tell you. But, but, um, the fact that, you know, it's a lot of work. I work constantly for on IWTV stuff. I've been doing stuff halfway at times on this call with you guys. Um, uh, you know, seriously, it's, it's crazy, but to be able to do it and, and to be able to make some money in wrestling, um, and to be able to do commentary and have fun and like help tell stories, 10 year old me would have been amazed by that. And if I could have eliminated the years of cynicism I had between say the ages of 12, 13 and the ages of like 27, 28, uh, I, I, there, the, my life probably would have been a lot better during the, that period. Not that it was all bad. It certainly wasn't, but I, I guarding against the creeping incursion of cynicism, in my teen years, I think would be the number one thing I would stress to a 10 year old me and don't get arrested for stealing a Coke. Don't do that. Actually it was a Barks root beer. Okay. I was going to ask because someone did mention Barks root beer in the chat earlier. And I was like, was it a a concern? Someone likes his root beer. There you go. The best man. 
the best beverage in the world. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's, it's good. Now, now everybody saw uh, D- Dylan left for a second. He actually did go back in time in that brief moment and did tell his 10-year-old self That's those right. things. I conferred, now, I, I conferred with my, my, my child self. He did. Now, now when, when you did leave for that brief moment in time, were, were you in the DeLorean from Back to the Future or were you in the phone booth from Bill and Ted? Oh man, I, I would have been in the DeLorean. I'm a Back to the Future guy, hundred percent. It's okay, hundred percent. I, I don't even dislike Bill and Ted. I like Bill and, Bill no. and Ted, but but I like Bill and Ted yeah, too. I mean, but it's a it's a DeLorean. It's, I mean, come, come on. on. So also, I, also the Back to the Future ride at Universal Studios is the best ride ever. The best. I'm still mad that they took it out. The best. Back to the Future, the King Kong, and the Jaws ride. The three oh, best rides. The best era of any theme, true theme park ever. But don't. That, that's a totally different podcast. Totally I different podcast. Like, that's like that's the that. six-hour podcast. That is I not like the two-hour podcast. Or Gore Vidal next, but we'll stick with we'll stick with okay. this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we had we had the 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 10A question. Now we have the 10B question, and and out of everything that we've talked about today, I mean, I'm sure you've heard the rumblings. There's always rumblings. I've got anxiety when it, when it comes to this question. And it's, it has to do with a certain cookie. It has I to do my with. I would die now. I would die now. <laughs> so it has to do with Oreos. Are you on team double stuff or team single stuff? I know that the right answer to this is not going to be what I'm going to say. Uh, I got to tell you, man, I'm single stuff. I got to, I got to tell you, I'm a sing, I, I like, I'm not a huge. I like mint Oreos and I like them thin. That's just, that's just how it goes. That um, I'm sorry to disappoint. I'm not a double stuff guy. I'm a less is more guy when it comes to Oreos. So disappointed. So I, disappointed. I, he, he even went thin, thin mint. Mint. Thin, it's the, it's no. the best one. Listen, guys, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, if I could throw my headphones in the air, I would, but they're attached to the computer. Listen. I'll crumple my paper again. There you go. <laughs> we, we, like, yeah, at, the, at the end, it circles back, and I guess I'm going heel again. But <laughs> the, the, this is – I don't make the laws of science. I just abide by them. And there's, there's an objective truth standard we've got to deal here, with here. Um, now, if you, you if you're if you're a fan of Thomas Kuhn and the structure of scientific revolutions, um, or if you're a deep postmodernist, you might be of the opinion that there might be some room for nuance or other opinion on this particular topic. I'm here to tell you you're wrong objectively. Mint Oreos, thin are the best. Those are facts, and you can argue with facts if you want, but it, you know it, it doesn't change them. It doesn't change the nature of reality this is a concrete concrete um thing that we're engaging in at this moment and uh you know if you're you know like if you want to take the foucauldian position that that there's some room for for uh an alternative hypothesis or thesis on this you're welcome to do so but i reject on principle someone needs to clip that entire whatever that was And just go ahead and post that because one, there was words in there that I have no idea what he was saying. And two, it was all wrong because it's double stuff and that's the end of the story. I 
can't. I'm not as eloquent. I'm not as eloquent as you. I just like double stuffed Oreos. I'm sorry. I'll allow. I'll allow. I'll allow your deviation because you guys are such great supporters of independent wrestling. Well, thank you. Uh, we appreciate that. I'll, 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 I will allow that. And I want to thank you guys again for having me on. And I also want to thank you guys for sponsoring Southern Underground Pros. Are these our lives? March 14th. Violence is Forever versus the Bitcoin Boys announced. Alex Kane versus Cole Radrick announced as of tonight. Thanks again to IWTV Guide for that. And also thank you guys for all the IWTV plugs and support that's huge for me both personally and professionally so thank you guys for that well, no problem it's uh independent wrestling has has brought us a lot in 2020 it was a weird year but the good that came out of it i feel is that independent wrestling has gotten this second life or boost or third life i don't know what you would call it independent wrestling it might be like 12th or 13th life but independent wrestling is is bigger and better than ever and I think it's because of all the crap we went through in 2020. And, and we took a really bad thing and got something great out of it, which is independent wrestling, IWTV, tons of wrestling in the South, tons of wrestling in the North, wrestling in places that I didn't even know there was wrestling. And, uh, and just the ability to you know, meet people that I would have never met before. So mm-hmm. thank you for being so open and allowing us into your world. Oh man, I, I, had, I had a blast. This was fun. I talk a lot. As we I, we now have proof. If there's any questions, any doubts about it's it, it's your job. I it's true. <laughs> I, I, I talk a lot, but uh, seriously, I had a great I had a great time. And what be, being able to tell my child I was on Twitch, man, she's gonna be. That's that's yeah. gonna be that's gonna be a thing. This is good. She's she's like as far as she's concerned, I'm peak boomer tech. So this is a very this is a huge, huge, huge uh, event of world significance. Uh, so thank you guys for having me. <laughs> no problem. Well, you guys know where to go follow you. You know where to go check out. Sup, and you know where to go check out action. Go find Dylan on Twitter. Go find us on Twitter. Go find, man, we talked about so many wrestlers tonight. Everybody we talked about, go follow them. I saw somebody oh, already yeah. followed Damian Tonger. There's more people to follow out there. Support independent wrestling. Uh, don't worry about the questions. John's apologizing for all the questions he asked. It's okay. It's all right. That's what we're here for. I, I love John. Despite John, I love him. Despite John, <laughs> we love him. There you go. Perfect. There you go. But Dylan, thank you. We definitely would love to have you back on again at some time in the future. But that being said, we look forward to the closed set shows and possibly so, what that might be and what could come of the future. So, uh, we're looking forward to it, and you got a you got a sponsor for uh, for a while now, as long as Matt lets us. <laughs> thank you guys. <laughs> Th- thanks thanks again, and uh, also even though she's not here, thank you Val as well. You guys have a good night. Yeah, everybody say hi to Val, and yes, y'all have a good night. Go follow us on all those social medias. I'm done plugging stuff. Let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Visit IWTV.live today to watch these great action wrestling events plus numerous other archive shows from action and other great independent promotions. Use code ACTION for a free five-day trial. Don't miss out. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Bald Monkeys. Watch us live on our new Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash The Bald Monkeys.